I am Gary Schleifer, and this is Beyond the Page, brought to you by Choice, the magazine of professional coaching, the ultimate resource for professional coaches in this wonderful arena of professional coaching. We're more than just a magazine. Choice is a community for people who use coaching in their work or personal lives. We've been building our strong, passionate following in the coaching industry for almost 20 years. In today's episode, I talk with coach, consultant, and leader Cheryl Proctor-Rogers about her article in Choice Magazine entitled Disrupting the Disruptors, a controversial look at AI, ROI, and blurred lines. I'm, I love this article. A little bit more about Cheryl. Cheryl is an MCC, an APR, an award-winning public relations and business strategist, and currently serves as an executive coach and associate director for Ernst & Young's America's Coaching Practice, She draws on her 40-plus years of experience as an executive for DePaul University, Home Box Office, and Nielsen Marketing Research. As a consultant and coach, she has implemented strategies for Coca-Cola, Nissan, Allstate, McDonald's, and Magellan Corporation. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity to have an amazing conversation about something I'm passionate about. Well, and I'll just let the viewing audience know. So this is the issue that Cheryl leads the uh, feature section in the disruption issue. So, uh, oh my goodness. Like I, when I first saw the topic and I thought how, like, of course we see the article ahead of time. And I saw the the topic and I'm like the title and I'm like, what? How is she possibly going to merge these three, three things together? <laughs> and then it happened and it was just like, oh my goodness, that was amazing. So what made you go down this path? Well, I thought about, you know, some of the things that are central to, to my life um, and my life as a coach. And I like to think that the only thing worse than a bad plan, Gary, is no plan. (laughs) And I used to sing that um, mantra everywhere I went. And after a while, I started to learn more about confirmation bias. And so I started to create a new rallying cry avoid confirmation bias. You know, that's when you just really just focus on the things in the world that align with your comfort zone, right? Um, And so I say, I think about five years ago, um, I started really um, answering the question a lot differently. And the question I was often asked was, how do you do all of these things and do them so well? And so the answer really was, um, what you're seeing sometimes is plan B, C, and D. (laughs) And so I have always believed that having a contingency plan and doing some scenario planning so that you know what the contingencies are is so important. So I just thought about that as we were talking about the whole idea of disruption and how I believe that it's important to have a plan, 
mm-hmm. um, for your, especially for your career, and to avoid confirmation bias, being not open to new ideas in emerging trends. And then finally, to have a a contingency plan, to do some scenario planning. Because Gary, you know, uh, when COVID hit, a lot of our coaches found themselves on a very, that that speed bump was not really a speed bump. A lot of them were at a halt. And I do believe some of those critical factors um, were in play. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, before we go any further, I, I realized we should probably, um, as I was frantically looking for the section in the article, to just define where we're starting from with confirmation bias. And that is, uh, is confirmation bias this is from your article, but confirmation bias means screening out information we might not agree with, only reading material, attending events, joining organizations, or hiring employees that match our own backgrounds, experiences, and beliefs. And it's so interesting how that, sh- you know, when you all, and you've been rallying this cry for a long time about it. And I, I've only recently um, and thank you to you because repetition is what do they say? Repetition is the mother of retention. Is mm-hmm. is that I started to see like, of course, um, the editorial board. Remember, so Cheryl, by the way, uh, listeners is also on our editorial board. Fabulous writer, fabulous coach, fabulous HR person, and of course, then she's on our editorial board. No surprise. PR, um, PR, not HR. Oh, I sorry, did I say HR? Yes. <laughs> totally not. No, PR, public relations. In fact, she's been uh, that longer than she's been a coach, right? Or close. They're 50-50 these days. <laughs> and uh, and I've noticed that systems have confirmation bias or I've, uh, it's built to support confirmation bias, like Facebook and LinkedIn. I, I actually did a game or a, like I, I watched it. And when you know it suggests... Oh, people you might not might know. And I go across and it's like white person, white person, white person, white person, white. And I'm like, I've really created this. I took a responsibility that it's only doing the algorithm based on what I was already doing. Right. So I had to start thinking differently in order to attract all kinds of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that particular part. Um, I'm going to, I know you have a wealth of knowledge, so I'm not going to stick directly to the article. Like wander a little bit, you know, cause you're brilliant Love that. in the face of so much change. Like how do I build confidence as a coach when I don't know what I don't know? Like we've hit the wall, like you said, but now we're like, what's next? Ah! Oh my gosh, Gary, you just gave me a great, great segue. In one word, diversify. <laughs> if, you, if you're having a dinner party and you look around the table and everyone looks like you and has the same um, backgrounds and experiences as you, next time you have that dinner party, diversify. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're finding that you're always... Um, attending certain events or 
connecting with certain communities that give you that sense of comfort, diversify. Mm -hmm. Diversify what you're what you're immersed in in your everyday life and particularly in your profession. I say to um, remain current because you never know what you don't know. So you want to be a part of a larger community mm -hmm. that can inform um, your perspective, your knowledge, and even point out some skills and strengths you might need to develop. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna experience any of that if you remain siloed, if you remain in that comfort zone. So in a word, diversify your life. That is absolutely the easiest thing to remember, diversify. I, I know that in the last year and a half, the one way that I brought diversification into my life was to be a volunteer at the International Coaching Federation. I was on a special committee for social justice and coaching education. And oh my goodness, it was, if you don't know how to diversify, which can also be like, how do you get started and that sort of thing. I mean, some ways are obvious, like Facebook and that sort of thing. Get yourself thrown into it. So put your hand up and volunteer into something that's outside your comfort zone like that. I was like, what do I know about that? Why are they choosing me? Well, I, in the end, I figured out why they were choosing me to be in that, in that group. And so, you know, it was awesome. I, I still think that that was a, a pivotal point in my diversification education, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. diversity and diversification. I think they both came up. So it was brilliant. So there's, there's a suggestion right there. There's your, there's a, a big old dinner party when you've got a global, a group of global coaches or whatever it is your profession, uh, should it be, you know, PR or whatever. So, yeah, thank you for that pointing. That's awesome. Oh, I agree. And so Gary, I don't know what it was like for you. Um, you may know that I serve as an at-large board member on the Global Enterprise Board for ICF. Um, and many times, even when I was president of the Chicago chapter of ICF, I would ask, you know, um, members, would you be interested in volunteering? And some would, yes, what do you want me to do? And then there were others who would say, well, I'm not quite sure if I can contribute significantly. I'm not sure um, what the commitment will be. And I'm just wondering when you were making the decision to volunteer in such a role, what were your, your thoughts um, about the contribution you would make? Well, that was the question. I love how you turn this around, you PR person. You're, you're so good at this. Um, but seriously, it was, it was, what can I contribute? So we're talking about uh, social justice. We're talking about uh, fairness, equity. Um, we're talking about uh, DEI, all these things that I'm, I wasn't, and I still don't claim to be fully educated, obviously. It's an ongoing learning but I, I literally said, well, I'm a white man of privilege. How can I contribute? Mm 
And there were some people who didn't that kind of agreed with me that were uh, people of color. And then we just got into the conversation and they started to share the stories. And I started to, I, I went in volunteering, putting my hand up and said, you know, I'm in, how can I help? And then I kept saying, so why am I here to myself more than anything? And then I started to realize I'm a channel for other people like me that might only listen to me. Mm. So I found my I, place. Yes. Right. Yes. So I found my place. And because I'm, uh, I'm an ally. Oh, and that's something I learned from Perry Rue and his uh, rising awareness uh, when I went to that last year is allyship. And that's come up a lot since, but I, I remember that from his, uh, from his uh, conference, his virtual conference last year. So yeah, that's how I got into that one. Yeah. And, and I, what I like most about what you said is you really did walk into the unknown mm -hmm. and that's what we mean by con you know avoiding confirmation bias is walking into the unknown being ready to disrupt your your life only for a moment yeah and to find comfort in in the new learning mm -hmm. in the new connections um and it takes a bit of courage thank you for that <laughs> yeah, it does. And, you know, I don't know why I was always daring and courageous. Um, I'm, I'm sure it has a lot to do with how I was raised. I feel that if others can really tap into the story that you just gave mm -hmm. and the story that is pretty much my story of always seeking opportunities mm -hmm. to learn and to grow. Um, you'll find yourself, as you said, and I love that, uh, I'm not an expert in everything, Gary, <laughs> but I have immersed myself in so, I've diversified my life and, dis mm -hmm. and, and been my own disruptor enough that I, I can connect with others on some level on a variety of things, which is what we want to do in coaching, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and that's a great point too, is that in order to be uh, avoid confirmation bias, it's to know a bit more about what others are interested in. And you're the poster child for that HR. Why do I keep saying HR PR and coaching? I mean, to I would think on the outside two totally different worlds, but I'm sure that you can see a lot of connection and and so you know look at you you just I just can't wait to hear what's next. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, you said something a little earlier about um, remaining current on emerging trends in, in coaching. Uh, what's the easiest way in your mind to for a person to do that? Well, shameless plug. Yes, go ahead. Have a, have a subscription to Choice. <laughs> <laughs> shameless self-promotion, people. Choice, the magazine of professional coaching. There we go. That's Very right. true. Very true. Thank you. Um, and, you know, have a mentor. And understand that you can have peer mentors as well. 
ask them what they're reading mm -hmm. and read the same. Um, ask them what their or you know what organizations they're members of. I'm a, a member of the International Coaching Federation ICF because it aligns with my values. It is an organization that's leading in the profession. And so I want to be a part of that. Um, and discover the communities that will inform your thinking and challenge your thinking and assumptions. I think it's important that you have a variety of materials that you're reading. And now that everything is online, you know, think about scheduling time to read different information. Um, for instance, when um, I was invited to serve on Choice, um, Choice's editorial board, I immediately um, went back to um, the internet to see what publishing organizations um, I should be a part of and, um, and what um, newsletters I should now be reading to inform my thinking and to broaden my thinking. So again, never satisfied with what I know because I know that there <laughs> is something that, you know, and I don't even know what I don't know. So until I step outside of my comfort zone and do that, 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 um, that research, I'm never going to know. So in, in order to keep up with the trends, yes, there is so much information mm. yeah. available to us. Um, but to be discerning and really come up with your own reading list, something that you're going to read on a daily basis, a weekly mm. basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis so that you are gathering information that can, um, you know, just keep, keep, you, uh, keep you up to date to the trends. Um, and remember, um, I, I like to say that you wanna think more broadly. So not only reading about the coaching community if you're a coach, but, thinking more broadly about the world, what's happening in the world that's impacting um, individuals that we might be coaching. Mm. I remember reading an article on the significant number of women and children during COVID that were experiencing abuse. Yeah. Well, I didn't have line of sight on that, Gary. Um, and so, that trend, horrible trend, um, sent me to do just a little more research on what are the signs, mm. what to look for perhaps if I'm coaching someone who may be experiencing that kind of uh, trauma. Right. And, and, and do I have a hotline at the ready you know it it just yeah. took me an hour or so but 
you know, if I'm only reading things and, and thinking in the context of coaching, then I've already what, stepped yeah. into that. Confirmation yeah. bias. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, you've, I know we talk a lot about the International Coaching Federation. There are not only volunteer groups, but there are also special interest groups and different boards. And so you can either go and join and remain current on trends that way or avoid confirmation bias and pick something you wouldn't normally pick to do or be a part of, right? So be active. Yeah. Or like, and this is something I didn't realize we both had in common. So I was the president of the Toronto chapter of the International Coaching Federation and forgotten that we were both. That's kind of, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's great. Okay. I do have to, I have to touch on this because it really was like you touched on a bit of a sacred cow with the International Coaching Federation regarding uh, therapy and coaching in your article. So (laughs) I knew that. Okay. So just without, well, let's not spend a day, but let's, (laughs) which we could just tell us briefly a little bit about your thoughts behind including that in the conversation in your article. Well, you know, the, the more um, coach training I received, the more I was convinced that there is such um, a need for these two professions to understand one another. Mm -hmm. I came to the realization um, because my husband is a therapist. So I would be, you know, studying or reading something and sharing it with him. And he would say, oh, that's such and such and such, you know, and that's what we do in therapy. What are you doing? You know, like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get over your line. Get that yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> off the line here. And and then he would he wanted to read it, right? And he was like, this is based in, you know, and he would have the medical term. And of right. course, I'm coming with none of that. Um, but what I what I also started sharing with my clients in the intro is coaching is not therapy. I am not a therapist. I have not been trained in that modality. Um, And even if I were, um, I'm going to take you from where you are and move you forward towards whatever goals you've set for yourself. However, coaching can sometimes feel like therapy. Because rarely can you move someone forward without tapping into their past and sometimes unpacking it just a bit, but not unpacking it fully because that's not what we do, but to inform how we'll move forward. And what I have come to realize is that as more and more individuals, the stigma around having a therapist um, starts to, to shift mm. to something that people are more transparent about. I'm finding that a significant number of my clients have a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine too. 
And so you've got these two modalities. So I've got this person who has a therapist. I'm also coaching them. I believe that we should be a team. Nope, no question. And so that we are working together in service of this client. Mm -hmm. But rarely, if ever, I think on maybe one occasion, um, and it was um, the client who suggested that I've actually had a conversation with the person's therapist. And so if I'm going to have a conversation with a person's therapist, now my business strategy hat, my PR hat comes on. <laughs> I need to know at least the basics so that we're talking the same language. Right. Yeah. Great. Point. And so I believe that if our goal, it depends on what our goal is. I believe that if our goal is really to be in service to our clients, that these two professions must come together and start to work together um, and that we'll see more teaming. And that in order for me to be able to um, communicate effectively, there must be some basic understanding from from the mental health side of the road Mm -hmm. that I should should know. And I think that's gonna be and have an impact on coach training programs. Mm. yeah Um, it goes back to what you were saying about the different resources find out about like pick up a copy of psychology today see what they're writing about watch what the uh what the uh what's the name of the program at coaching and psychology at i think penn state uh marty uh, seligman and people like that so know what the other other side or the bridge side like there are uh, some schools uh uh, there was one uh, started by Dr. Pat Williams, and uh, it was coaching uh, for therapists. So it was helping people that had a therapy back background. So what a brilliant way to make that distinction clear and draw the lines. Uh, I remember a friend of mine, uh, he was both a psychologist and a, a coach trained in both and had to be like really clear about the lines right? Talk about throwing, jumping right into the fire and had to, you know, that was a lot of work for him, but he loved it. So he made, he made it work. And a lot of therapists and coaches do make it work. Maybe your husband might be interested in becoming a coach. I've been working on him. He's still a <laughs> And that's fine too, because we need those people to help us understand what's pure Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then I, they would I, get, then they would have their own confirmation bias, right? <laughs> oh yes, he's definitely in the confirmation bias camp right now when it comes to to mental health and um, the 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 most important solution. But you know, I'll take that back. He's lately he's been sharing with me how he believes that coaching can really help an individual who may be afraid of therapy. Mm. Um, and, and so I think of all of those things all the time, Gary, and I do think the lines will continue to blur. I think this firewall 
um, will come down. Mm-hmm. And um, much like the firewall came down between public relations and marketing. Oh my gosh, Gary, I could tell you a story <laughs> about the line that was drawn in this, and it was in the sand, right? But it was a, a line that everyone knew not to cross. The marketing folks didn't cross into the PR and the PR didn't cross into marketing. And then when the whole world shifted and budgets and, and, and the economy um, created this need for organizations to think differently, you know, there were marketing people coming over and doing some of the public relations work. And we were crying, foul, get back, get back, get back. <laughs> And then what we found is that because of the needs of the client. Oh, heavens forbid we should bring the client into it. Oh, my gosh. Um, we started to do more marketing. Mm-hmm. And there was even a, a Northwestern University even had a degree offering integrated marketing communication. And so initially there was this idea that you never cross this line. This is marketing (laughs) and this is public relations. And I'm seeing and feeling that same um, commitment. Right. This is coaching and this is therapy, but there's so many aspects to therapy. There are so many aspects to coaching. So how can we continue to be this purist when our clients are demanding something more from us? Bang on. Well said. Cheryl, it's been a pleasure. What else would you like our audience to take from this article and our conversation? Well, I think it's really important when we talk about scaling. Mm-hmm. coaching um, again when you if you're thinking about the profession in service to our larger society our global communities individuals usually start coaching um, either when they experience some trauma got fired from their job. Remember coaching was part of outsourcing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Or it was really for the elite within the organization, Mm -hmm. you know, either high potentials or um, C-suite executives. But the entire organization can benefit from coaching as you have certainly Um, shared with our community through choice. Um, So when we start thinking about how do you bring coaching throughout an organization to individuals, um, I mean, there are some coaches who charge $35 an hour. I don't know many people in my circle that could afford that. Yeah. (laughs) So... You have, while we're sleeping, Gary, there are individuals that are up trying to think about the the woman or man who works in the mailroom 
and how could they benefit and access coaching? Mm -hmm. And so you've got companies like BetterUp that are really looking to create return on investment, access to coaching through all uh, levels of an organization, and to do it with a great deal of um, support. And guess what they're using? Remember I talked a little bit about that whole notion of um, innovative, uh, you know, the way that organizations might um, think about their business in the future and how um, this whole idea of disruption, you know, the FedEx of the world, the Ubers of the world, those who have disrupted industries. Well, organizations like BetterUp are doing that as well. Mm -hmm. And anyone who dismisses these organizations that are utilizing technology in a way to um, really create access. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're creating access to coaching in a way that honors the standards, the ethics, and the uh, benefits of coaching through um, you know, assessments, measurement. I mean, they're 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 doing everything right. You know, I was looking at their website and I pulled some things that says um, with identity AI, better up finds the right people for coaching and recommends a personalized path to growth. Well, and as you know, I am a better up coach. And so and have I been, yes. Yeah, and I I was skeptical first because I was listening to the, I had my confirmation bias of people poo-pooing it. And I have to say it was because of our, my conversation with you that I decided to take a look. And at first I did it as an exercise in knowing what's going on in the industry. And then I started seeing that, and I, I'll say I was looking for them to, to fail at something. But to your p- previous points, they did, they, they have a high standard. Obviously, they chose me. So, of course, they had a high standard. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I eventually I had, to, I had to stop and notice that I was, I was in. I, 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 was, uh, I saw what they were doing. I saw how well they were doing, the standards they were maintaining. And I'm like, well, I don't see anything wrong with being here. And off I went. And I've been coaching, oh my goodness, I'm now coaching 20 members of BetterUp. They call them members, not clients. And I'm just having a blast. I am reminded myself, because I had two or three clients beforehand, (laughs) 20. (laughs) And I'm reminded of how much I love coaching and BetterUp, that kind of scalability, that kind of AI is in there as well, just keeps both me and the client kind of on track without controlling the coaching conversation, right? Like it's this foundation. Yes. And so you have other organizations 
Pluma and others mm -hmm. that are focused on this idea that you can have return on an investment. The organization can know immediately mm -hmm. if this is working. And so when you start thinking about um, how we view this profession, I go back where I began as a coach to the members that are listening to this podcast. What's your plan? Are you, are you on a one lane highway mm -hmm. or, or one lane road? Are you, or are you going to be on a super highway <laughs> where you have lots of opportunities to merge, to, you know, to get on, to get off mm -hmm. and to really be in service to the world through coaching? And you cannot do that if you don't have a plan. Because this idea of um, individuals having to um, uh, have these coaching relationships as they've always been. I hope that this article will help to at least create that new thinking and new perspective that the way things have always been is not the way things are going to be in the future. And if you're not getting ready, you're going to be left behind. So, so be ready. <laughs> so you don't have to get ready, right? Di Gary? Di disrupt your own life by looking around. And, you know, just using the super highway conversation, it's like, that's the other thing too. Let somebody else drive once in a while, be a passenger, mentor coach. You know, you were talking about a peer, um, peer mentor, that kind of thing. What are they seeing or what are you not seeing because you have to drive and focus on the driving? I know lots of driving analogies today, but I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. That's brilliant. And I we've peppered all kinds of actions for our listeners today. And I think that this conversation, well, I know that this conversation has added to my understanding of your thoughts behind writing it and some more things for me to think about and to look around. And maybe it, I, I've offered to volunteer at the International Coaching Federation again, but I think I need to be a bit more proactive So and get in there. And uh, so thank you so much for uh, joining us for this Beyond the Page episode. What's the best way for people to reach you? Oh, they can reach me with my email address at cproctorrogers at gmail.com. And make sure you're spelling Proctor with an E, R, and no D in Rogers. <laughs> so cproctorrogers at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Well, that's, thank you so much, Cheryl. Honestly, it's been brilliant conversation. Um, I always love it when I learn some more, not just about you, but also for my own education and awareness. So thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, that's it for this episode of Beyond the Page. Please sign up to our email list at choice-online.com to find previous episodes of this or subscribe to your favorite podcast app 
so you don't miss any of our informative episodes. If you're interested in getting a free digital issue of Choice Magazine, same place, head on over to choice-online and click the sign up now button. And within minutes, you'll have an, a relatively new issue of Choice uh, for you to read. I'm Gary Schleifer. Enjoy the journey to mastery.